The Sayings of the Buddha Choices We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts we make the world. Speak or act with an impure mind, and trouble will follow you as the wheel follows the ox that draws the cart. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts we make the world. Speak or act with a pure mind, and happiness will follow you as your shadow, unshakable. Look how he abused me and beat me, how he threw me down and robbed me. Live with such thoughts, and you live in hate. Look how he abused me and beat me, how he threw me down and robbed me. Abandon such thoughts, and live in love. In this world, hate never yet dispelled hate. Only love dispels hate. This is the law ancient and inexhaustible. You too shall pass away. Knowing this, how can you quarrel? How easily the wind overturns a frail tree. Seek happiness in the senses, indulge in food and sleep, and you too will be uprooted. The wind cannot overturn a mountain. Temptation cannot touch the man who is awake strong and humble, who masters himself and minds the law. If a man's thoughts are muddy, if he is reckless and full of deceit, how can he wear the yellow robe? Whoever is master of his own nature, bright, clear, and true, he may indeed wear the yellow robe. Mistaking the false for the true, and the true for the false, you overlook the heart and fill yourself with desire. See the false as false, the true as true. Look into your heart, follow your nature. An unreflecting mind is a poor roof. Passion, like the rain, floods the house, but if the roof is strong, there is shelter. Whoever follows impure thoughts suffers in this world and the next. In both worlds he suffers, and how greatly, when he sees the wrong he has done. But whoever follows the law is joyful here and joyful there. In both worlds he rejoices, and how greatly, when he sees the good he has done. For great is the harvest in this world and greater still in the next. However many holy words you read, however many you speak, what good will they do you if you do not act upon them? Are you a shepherd who counts another man's sheep, never sharing the way? Read as few words as you like, and speak fewer, but act upon the law. Give up the old ways, passion, enmity, folly. Know the truth and find peace. Share the way. Wakefulness Wakefulness is the way to life. The fool sleeps as if he were already dead, but the master is awake and he lives forever. 
He watches. He is clear. How happy he is, for he sees that wakefulness is life. How happy he is, following the path of the awakened. With great perseverance he meditates, seeking freedom and happiness. So, awake, reflect, watch, work with care and attention, live in the way, and the light will grow in you. By watching and working, the Master makes for himself an island which the flood cannot overwhelm. The fool is careless, but the Master guards his watching. It is his most precious treasure. He never gives in to desire. He meditates. And in the strength of his resolve, he discovers true happiness. He overcomes desire, and from the tower of wisdom, he looks down with dispassion upon the sorrowing crowd. From the mountaintop, he looks down on those who live close to the ground. Mindful among the mindless, awake while others dream, swift as the racehorse, he outstrips the field. By watching, Indra became king of the gods, how wonderful it is to watch, how foolish to sleep. The beggar who guards his mind and fears the waywardness of his thoughts burns through every bond with the fire of his vigilance. The beggar who guards his mind and fears his own confusion cannot fall. He has found the way to peace. Mind as the fletcher whittles and makes straight his arrows, so the master directs his straying thoughts. Like a fish out of water, stranded on the shore, thoughts thrash and quiver, for how can they shake off desire? They tremble, they are unsteady, they wander at their will. It is good to control them, and to master them brings happiness. How subtle they are, how elusive. The task is to quieten them, and by ruling them to find happiness. With single-mindedness the Master quells his thoughts. He ends their wandering. Seated in the cave of the heart, he finds freedom. How can a troubled mind understand the way? If a man is disturbed, he will never be filled with knowledge. An untroubled mind, no longer seeking to consider what is right and what is wrong, a mind beyond judgments watches and understands. Know that the body is a fragile jar and make a castle of your mind. In every trial, let understanding fight for you to defend what you have won. For soon the body is discarded. Then what does it feel? A useless log of wood, it lies on the ground. Then what does it know? Your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your own thoughts unguarded. But once mastered, no one can help you as much, not even your father or your mother. 
flowers. Who shall conquer this world and the world of death with all its gods? Who shall discover the shining way of the law? You shall, even as the man who seeks flowers finds the most beautiful, the rarest. Understand that the body is merely the foam of a wave, the shadow of a shadow. Snap the flower arrows of desire, and then, unseen, escape the king of death, and travel on. Death overtakes the man who gathers flowers, when, with distracted mind and thirsty senses, he searches vainly for happiness in the pleasures of the world. Death fetches him away as a flood carries off a sleeping village. Death overcomes him when, with distracted mind and thirsty senses, he gathers flowers. He will never have his fill of the pleasures of the world. The bee gathers nectar from the flower without marring its beauty or perfume. So let the master settle and wander. Look to your own faults, what you have done or left undone. Overlook the faults of others. Like a lovely flower, bright but scentless, are the fine but empty words of the man who does not mean what he says. Like a lovely flower, bright and fragrant, are the fine and truthful words of the man who means what he says. Like garlands woven from a heap of flowers, fashion from your life as many good deeds. The perfume of sandalwood, rose bay, or jasmine cannot travel against the wind, but the fragrance of virtue travels even against the wind as far as the ends of the world. How much finer is the fragrance of virtue than of sandalwood, rose bay, of the blue lotus, or jasmine? The fragrance of sandalwood and rose bay does not travel far but the fragrance of virtue rises to the heavens. Desire never crosses the path of virtuous and wakeful men. Their brightness sets them free. How sweetly the lotus grows in the litter of the wayside. Its pure fragrance delights the heart. Follow the awakened, and from among the blind the light of your wisdom will shine out purely. The Fool How long the night to the watchman! How long the road to the weary traveler! How long the wandering of many lives to the fool who misses the way! If the traveler cannot find master or friend to go with him, let him travel on alone rather than with a fool for company. My children, my wealth, so the fool troubles himself. But how has he children or wealth? He is not even his own master. The fool, who knows he is a fool, is that much wiser. The fool who thinks he is wise is a fool indeed. Does the spoon taste the soup? A fool may live all his life in the company of a master and still miss the way. The tongue tastes the soup.
If you are awake in the presence of a master, one moment will show you the way. The fool is his own enemy. The mischief he does is his undoing. How bitterly he suffers. Why do what you will regret? Why bring tears upon yourself? Do only what you do not regret and fill yourself with joy. For a while the fool's mischief tastes sweet, sweet as honey, but in the end it turns bitter, and how bitterly he suffers. For months the fool may fast, eating from the tip of a grass blade. Still he is not worth a penny beside the master whose food is the way. Fresh milk takes time to sour, so a fool's mischief takes time to catch up with him. Like the embers of a fire, it smolders within him. Whatever a fool learns, it only makes him duller. Knowledge cleaves his head, for then he wants recognition, a place before other people, a place over other people. Let them know my work, let everyone look to me for direction. Such are his desires, such is his swelling pride. One way leads to wealth and fame, the other to the end of the way. Look not for recognition, but follow the awakened and set yourself free. The Wise Man The wise man tells you where you have fallen and where you yet may fall. Invaluable secrets. Follow him. Follow the way. Let him chasten and teach you and keep you from mischief. The world may hate him, but good men love him. Do not look for bad company or live with men who do not care. Find friends who love the truth. Drink deeply. Live in serenity and joy. The wise man delights in the truth and follows the law of the awakened. The farmer channels water to his land, the fletcher whittles his arrows, and the carpenter turns his wood. So the wise man directs his mind. The wind cannot shake a mountain. Neither praise nor blame moves the wise man. He is clarity. Hearing the truth, he is like a lake, pure and tranquil and deep. Want nothing. Where there is desire, say nothing. Happiness or sorrow, whatever befalls you, walk on, untouched, unattached. Do not ask for family or power or wealth, either for yourself or for another. Can a wise man wish to rise unjustly? Few cross over the river. Most are stranded on this side. On the river bank, they run up and down. But the wise man, following the way, crosses over beyond the reach of death. He leaves the dark way for the way of light. He leaves his home seeking happiness on the hard road. Free from desire, free from possessions, free from the dark places of the heart.
free from attachment and appetite, following the seven lights of awakening and rejoicing greatly in his freedom, in this world the wise man becomes himself a light, pure, shining, free. The Master At the end of the way, the Master finds freedom from desire and sorrow, freedom without bounds. Those who awaken never rest in one place. Like swans they rise and leave the lake. On the air they rise and fly an invisible course, gathering nothing, storing nothing. Their food is knowledge. They live upon emptiness. They have seen how to break free. Who can follow them? Only the Master. Such is his purity. Like a bird he rises on the limitless air and flies an invisible course. He wishes for nothing. His food is knowledge. He lives upon emptiness. He has broken free. He is the charioteer. He has tamed his horses, pride, and the senses. Even the gods admire him. Yielding like the earth, joyous and clear like the lake, still as the stone at the door, he is free from life and death. His thoughts are still. His words are still. His work is stillness. He sees his freedom and is free. The master surrenders his beliefs. He sees beyond the end and the beginning. He cuts all ties. He gives up all his desires. He resists all temptations. And he rises. And wherever he lives, in the city or the country, in the valley or in the hills, there is great joy. Even in the empty forest he finds joy because he wants nothing. The Thousands Better than a thousand hollow words is one word that brings peace. Better than a thousand hollow verses is one verse that brings peace. Better than a hundred hollow lines is one line of the law bringing peace. It is better to conquer yourself than to win a thousand battles. Then the victory is yours. It cannot be taken from you, not by angels or by demons, heaven or hell. Better than a hundred years of worship, better than a thousand offerings, better than giving up a thousand worldly ways in order to win merit, Better even than tending in the forest a sacred flame for a hundred years is one moment's reverence for the man who has conquered himself. To revere such a man, a master old in virtue and holiness, is to have victory over life itself and beauty, strength and happiness. Better than a hundred years of mischief is one day spent in contemplation. Better than a hundred years of ignorance 
is one day spent in reflection. Better than a hundred years of idleness is one day spent in determination. Better to live one day wondering how all things arise and pass away. Better to live one hour seeing the one life beyond the way. Better to live one moment in the moment of the way beyond the way. Mischief. Be quick to do good. If you are slow, the mind, delighting in mischief, will catch you. Turn away from mischief again and again. Turn away before sorrow befalls you. Set your heart on doing good. Do it over and over again, and you will be filled with joy. A fool is happy until his mischief turns against him, and a good man may suffer until his goodness flowers. Do not make light of your failings, saying, What are they to me? A jug fills drop by drop, so the fool becomes brimful of folly. Do not belittle your virtue, saying, They are nothing. A jug fills drop by drop, so the wise man becomes brimful of virtue. As the rich merchant with few servants shuns a dangerous road, and the man who loves life shuns poison, beware the dangers of folly and mischief. For an unwounded hand may handle poison. The innocent come to no harm. But as dust thrown against the wind, mischief is blown back in the face of the fool who wronged the pure and harmless. Some are reborn in hell, some in this world, the good in heaven, but the pure are not reborn, nowhere, not in the sky, nor in the midst of the sea, nor deep in the mountains can you hide from your own mischief, not in the sky, nor in the midst of the ocean, nor deep in the mountains, nowhere can you hide from your own death. Violence. All beings tremble before violence. All fear death. All love life. See yourself in others. Then whom can you hurt? What harm can you do? He who seeks happiness by hurting those who seek happiness will never find happiness. For your brother is like you. He wants to be happy. Never harm him. And when you leave this life, you too will find happiness. Never speak harsh words, for they will rebound upon you. Angry words hurt, and the hurt rebounds. Like a broken gong, be still, be silent. Know the stillness of freedom, where there is no more striving. Like herdsmen driving their cows into the fields, Old age and death will drive you before them. But the fool in his mischief forgets, and he lights the fire wherein one day he must burn. He who harms the harmless or hurts the innocent, ten times shall he fall, into torment or infirmity, 
injury or disease or madness, persecution or fearful accusation, loss of family, loss of fortune. Fire from heaven shall strike his house, and when his body has been struck down, he shall rise in hell. He who goes naked with matted hair, mud bespattered, who fasts and sleeps on the ground and smears his body with ashes and sits in endless meditation, so long as he is not free from doubts, he will not find freedom. But he who lives purely and self-assured in quietness and virtue, who is without harm or hurt or blame, even if he wears fine clothes, so long as he also has faith, he is a true seeker. A noble horse rarely feels the touch of the whip. Who is there in this world as blameless? Then, like a noble horse, smart under the whip, burn and be swift, believe, meditate, see, be harmless, be blameless, Awake to the law, and from all sorrow free yourself. The farmer channels water to his land, the fletcher whittles his arrows, the carpenter turns his wood, and the wise man masters himself. Old Age The world is on fire, and are you laughing? You are deep in the dark. Will you not ask for light? For behold your body, a painted puppet, a toy, jointed and sick and full of false imaginings, a shadow that shifts and fades. How frail it is, frail and pestilent. It sickens, festers, and dies. Like every living thing, in the end, it sickens and dies. Behold these whitened bones, the hollow shells and husks of a dying summer, and are you laughing? You are a house of bones, flesh and blood for plaster. Pride lives in you, and hypocrisy, decay, and death. The glorious chariots of kings shatter, so also the body turns to dust but the spirit of purity is changeless, and so the pure instruct the pure. The ignorant man is an ox. He grows in size, not in wisdom. Vainly I sought the builder of my house through countless lives. I could not find him. How hard it is to tread life after life. But now I see you, O builder, and never again shall you build my house. I have snapped the rafters, split the ridgepole, and beaten out desire, and now my mind is free. There are no fish in the lake. The long-legged cranes stand in the water. Sad is the man who in his youth lived loosely and squandered his fortune. Sad as a broken bow, and sadly is he sighing after all that has arisen and has passed away. Yourself. Love yourself and watch. 
today, tomorrow, always. First, establish yourself in the way, then teach, and so defeat sorrow. To straighten the crooked, you must first do a harder thing, straighten yourself. You are your only master, who else? Subdue yourself and discover your master. Willfully you have fed your own mischief, soon it will crush you as the diamond crushes stone. By your own folly you will be brought as low as your worst enemy wishes. So the creeper chokes the tree. How hard it is to serve yourself. How easy to lose yourself in mischief and folly. The kashta reed dies when it bears fruit. So the fool, scorning the teachings of the awakened, spurning those who follow the law, perishes when his folly flowers. Mischief is yours, sorrow is yours, but virtue also is yours, and purity. You are the source of all purity and all impurity. No one purifies another. Never neglect your work for another's, however great his need. Your work is to discover your work, and then, with all your heart, to give yourself to it. The World Do not live in the world in distraction and false dreams outside the law. Arise and watch. Follow the way joyfully through this world and beyond. Follow the way of virtue. Follow the way joyfully through this world and on beyond. Or consider the world a bubble, a mirage. See the world as it is, and death shall overlook you. Come, consider the world, a painted chariot for kings, a trap for fools. But he who sees goes free. As the moon slips from behind a cloud and shines, so the master comes out from behind his ignorance and shines. This world is in darkness. How few have eyes to see. How few the birds who escape the net and fly to heaven. Swans rise and fly toward the sun. What magic! So do the pure conquer the armies of illusion and rise and fly. If you scoff at heaven and violate the law, if your words are lies, where will your mischief end? The fool laughs at generosity. The miser cannot enter heaven. But the master finds joy in giving, and happiness is his reward. And more, for greater than all the joys of heaven and of earth, greater still than dominion over all the worlds, is the joy of reaching the stream. The man who is awake... He is awake. The victory is his. He has conquered the world. How can he lose the way who is 
beyond the way. His eye is open, his foot is free. Who can follow after him? The world cannot reclaim him or lead him astray, nor can the poisoned net of desire hold him. He is awake. The gods watch over him. He is awake and finds joy in the stillness of meditation and in the sweetness of surrender. Hard it is to be born, hard it is to live, harder still to hear of the way, and hard to rise, follow, and awake. Yet the teaching is simple. Do what is right, be pure. At the end of the way is freedom. Till then, patience. If you wound or grieve another, you have not learned detachment. Offend in neither word nor deed. Eat with moderation. Live in your heart. Seek the highest consciousness. Master yourself according to the law. This is the simple teaching of the awakened. The rain could turn to gold and still your thirst would not be slaked. Desire is unquenchable, or it ends in tears, even in heaven. He who wishes to awake consumes his desires joyfully. In his fear a man may shelter in mountains or in forests, in groves of sacred trees or in shrines. But how can he hide there from his sorrow? He who shelters in the way and travels with those who follow it comes to see the four great truths concerning sorrow, the beginning of sorrow, the eightfold way, and the end of sorrow. Then, at last, he is safe. He has shaken off sorrow. He is free. The awakened are few and hard to find. Happy is the house where a man awakes. Blessed is his birth. Blessed is the teaching of the way. Blessed is the understanding among those who follow it. And blessed is their determination. And blessed are they who revere the man who awakes and follows the way. They are free from fear. They are free. They have crossed over the river of sorrow. Joy Live in joy, in love, even among those who hate. Live in joy, in health, even among the afflicted. Live in joy, in peace, even among the troubled. Live in joy without possessions like the shining ones. The winner sows hatred because the loser suffers. Let go of winning and losing and find joy. There is no fire like passion, no crime like hatred, no sorrow like separation, no sickness like hunger, and no joy like the joy of freedom. Health, Contentment and trust are your greatest possessions, 
and freedom your greatest joy. Look within. Be still. Free from fear and attachment, know the sweet joy of the way. How joyful to look upon the awakened and to keep company with the wise. How long the road to the man who travels with a fool, but whoever follows those who follow the way discovers his family and is filled with joy. Follow then the shining ones, the wise, the awakened, the loving, for they know how to work and forbear. Follow them as the moon follows the path of the stars. Pleasure Do not let pleasure distract you from meditation, from the way. Free yourself from pleasure and pain, for in craving pleasure or in nursing pain there is only sorrow. Like nothing, lest you lose it, lest it bring you grief and fear. Go beyond likes and dislikes. From passion and desire, sensuousness and lust, arise grief and fear. Free yourself from attachment. He is pure and sees. He speaks the truth and lives it. He does his own work. So he is admired and loved. With a determined mind and undesiring heart, he longs for freedom. He is called Udam Soto, he who goes upstream. When a traveler at last comes home from a far journey, with what gladness his family and his friends receive him, even so shall your good deeds welcome you like friends, and with what rejoicing when you pass from this life to the next. Anger Let go of anger. Let go of pride. When you are bound by nothing, you go beyond sorrow. Anger is like a chariot careering wildly, he who curbs his anger is the true charioteer. Others merely hold the reins. With gentleness overcome anger. With generosity overcome meanness. With truth overcome deceit. Speak the truth. Give whatever you can. Never be angry. These three steps will lead you into the presence of the gods. The wise harm no one. They are masters of their bodies, and they go to the boundless country. They go beyond sorrow. Those who seek perfection keep watch by day and night till all desires vanish. Listen, Atula, this is not new. It is an old saying. They blame you for being silent. They blame you when you talk too much. And when you talk too little, whatever you do, they blame you. The world always finds a way to praise and a way to blame. It always has and it always will. But who dares blame the man whom the wise continually praise, whose life is virtuous and wise, who shines like a coin of pure gold? Even the gods praise him. 
Even Brahma praises him. Beware of the anger of the body. Master the body. Let it serve truth. Beware of the anger of the mouth. Master your words. Let them serve truth. Beware of the anger of the mind. Master your thoughts. Let them serve truth. The wise have mastered body, word, and mind. They are the true masters. Impurity You are as the yellow leaf. The messengers of death are at hand. You are to travel far away. What will you take with you? You are the lamp to lighten the way. Then hurry, hurry. When your light shines without impurity or desire, you will come into the boundless country. Your life is falling away. Death is at hand. Where will you rest on the way? What have you taken with you? You are the lamp to lighten the way. Then hurry, hurry. When your light shines purely, you will not be born and you will not die. As a silversmith sifts dust from silver, remove your own impurities little by little. Or, as iron is corroded by rust, your own mischief will consume you. Neglected the sacred verses rust, for beauty rusts without use, and unrepaired the house falls into ruin, and the watch without vigilance fails. In this world and the next there is impurity and impurity. When a woman lacks dignity, when a man lacks generosity, but the greatest impurity is ignorance. Free yourself from it. Be pure. Life is easy for the man who is without shame. Impudent as a crow, a vicious gossip, vain, meddlesome, dissolute. But life is hard for the man who quietly undertakes the way of perfection with purity, detachment, and vigor. He sees light. If you kill, lie, or steal, commit adultery, or drink, you dig up your own roots. And if you cannot master yourself, the harm you do turns against you grievously. You may give in the spirit of light or as you please, but if you care how another man gives or how he withholds, you trouble your quietness endlessly. These envying roots, destroy them and enjoy a lasting quietness. There is no fire like passion. There are no chains like hate. Illusion is a net. Desire a rushing river. How easy it is to see your brother's faults. How hard to face your own. You winnow his in the wind like chaff, but yours you hide like a cheat covering up an unlucky throw. Dwelling on your brother's faults multiplies your own. You are far from the end of your journey 
The way is not in the sky. The way is in the heart. See how you love whatever keeps you from your journey. But the Tathagatas, they who have gone beyond, have conquered the world. They are free. The way is not in the sky. The way is in the heart. All things arise and pass away, but the awakened awake forever. The Just If you determine your course with force or speed, you miss the way of the law. Quietly consider what is right and what is wrong, receiving all opinions equally, without haste, wisely, observe the law. Who is wise, the eloquent or the quiet man? Be quiet and loving and fearless, for the mind talks, but the body knows. Gray hairs do not make a master. A man may grow old in vain. The true master lives in truth, in goodness and restraint, non-violence, moderation and purity. Fine words or fine features cannot make a master out of a jealous and greedy man. Only when envy and selfishness are rooted out of him may he grow in beauty. A man may shave his head, but if he still lies and neglects his work, if he clings to desire and attachment, how can he follow the way? The true seeker subdues all waywardness. He has submitted his nature to quietness. He is a true seeker, not because he begs, but because he follows the lawful way, holding back nothing, holding to nothing, beyond good and beyond evil, beyond the body and beyond the mind. Silence cannot make a master out of a fool, but he who weighs only purity in his scales, who sees the nature of the two worlds, he is a master. He harms no living thing. And yet it is not good conduct that helps you upon the way, nor ritual, nor book learning, nor withdrawal into the self, nor deep meditation. None of these confers mastery or joy. O oh, seeker, rely on nothing until you want nothing. The Way The Way is eightfold. There are four truths. All virtue lies in detachment. The Master has an open eye. This is the only way, the only way to the opening of the eye. Follow it. Outwit desire. Follow it to the end of sorrow. When I pulled out sorrow's shaft, I showed you the way. It is you who must make the effort. The masters only point the way. But if you meditate and follow the law, you will free yourself from desire. Everything arises and passes away. When you see this, you are above sorrow. This is the shining way. Existence is sorrow. Understand and go beyond sorrow. This is the way of brightness. Existence is illusion. Understand 
go beyond. This is the way of clarity. You are strong. You are young. It is time to arise. So, arise, lest through irresolution and idleness you lose the way. Master your words. Master your thoughts. Never allow your body to do harm. Follow these three roads with purity, and you will find yourself upon the one way, the way of wisdom. Sit in the world. Sit in the dark. Sit in meditation. Sit in light. Choose your seat. Let wisdom grow. Cut down the forest, not the tree, for out of the forest comes danger. Cut down the forest, fell desire, and set yourself free. While a man desires a woman, his mind is bound as closely as a calf to its mother. As you would pluck an autumn lily, pluck the arrow of desire. For he who is awake has shown you the way of peace. Give yourself to the journey. Here shall I make my dwelling in the summer and the winter and in the rainy season. So the fool makes his plans, sparing not a thought for his death. Death overtakes the man who, giddy and distracted by the world, cares only for his flocks and his children. Death fetches him away as a flood carries off a sleeping village. His family cannot save him, not his father, nor his sons. Know this. Seek wisdom and purity. Quickly clear the way. Out of the Forest There is pleasure, and there is bliss. Forgo the first to possess the second. If you are happy at the expense of another man's happiness, you are forever bound. You do not what you should. You do what you should not. You are reckless, and desire grows. But the master is wakeful. He watches his body. In all his actions, he discriminates, and he becomes pure. He is without blame, though once he may have murdered his mother and his father, two kings, a kingdom, and all its subjects, Though the kings were holy and their subjects among the virtuous, yet is he blameless. The followers of the awakened awake, and day and night they watch and meditate upon their master. Forever wakeful, they mind the law. They know their brothers on the way. They understand the mystery of the body. They find joy in all beings. They delight in meditation. It is hard to live in the world and hard to live out of it. It is hard to be one among many. And for the wanderer, how long is the road wandering through many lives? Let him rest. Let him not suffer. Let him not fall into suffering. If he is a good man, a man of faith, honored and prosperous, Wherever he goes, he is welcome. Like the Himalayas, good men shine from afar. 
but bad men move unseen like arrows in the night. Sit, rest, work, alone with yourself, never weary. On the edge of the forest, live joyfully without desire. The Dark One man denies the truth, another denies his own actions. Both go into the dark and in the next world suffer, for they offend truth. Wear the yellow robe, but if you are reckless, you will fall into darkness. If you are reckless, better to swallow molten iron than eat at the table of good folk. If you court another man's wife, you court trouble. Your sleep is broken, you lose your honor, you fall into darkness. You go against the law, you go into the dark, your pleasures end in fear, and the king's punishment is harsh. But as a blade of grass held awkwardly may cut your hand, so renunciation may lead you into the dark. For if in your renunciation you are reckless and break your word, if your purpose wavers, you will not find light. Do what you have to do, resolutely, with all your heart. A traveler who hesitates only raises dust on the road. It is better to do nothing than to do what is wrong, or whatever you do, you do to yourself. Like a border town well guarded, Guard yourself within and without. Let not a single moment pass, lest you fall into darkness. Feel shame only where shame is due. Fear only what is fearful. See evil only in what is evil, lest you mistake the true way and fall into darkness. See what is. See what is not. Follow the true way. Rise. The Elephant I shall endure hard words as the elephant endures the shafts of battle, for many people speak wildly. The tamed elephant goes to battle. The king rides him. The tamed man is the master. He can endure hard words in peace. Better than a mule or the fine horses of Sindh or the mighty elephants of war is the man who has mastered himself. Not on their backs can he reach the untrodden country, but only on his own. The mighty elephant Dhanapalaka is wild when he is in rut, and when bound he will not eat, remembering the elephant grove. The fool is idle, he eats and he rolls in his sleep like a hog in a sty, and he has to live life over again. My own mind used to wander wherever pleasure or desire or lust led it, but now I have it tamed. I guide it as the keeper guides the wild elephant. Awake, be the witness of your thoughts. The elephant hauls himself from the mud. In the same way, drag yourself out of your sloth. If the traveler can find a virtuous and wise companion, 
Let him go with him joyfully and overcome the dangers of the way. But if you cannot find friend or master to go with you, travel on alone, like a king who has given away his kingdom, like an elephant in the forest. Travel on alone, rather than with a fool for company. Do not carry with you your mistakes. Do not carry your cares. Travel on alone, like an elephant in the forest. To have friends in need is sweet, and to share happiness, and to have done something good before leaving this life is sweet, and to let go of sorrow. To be a mother is sweet, and a father. It is sweet to live arduously, and to master yourself. Oh, how sweet it is to enjoy life living in honesty and strength, and wisdom is sweet, and freedom. Desire If you sleep, desire grows in you like a vine in the forest. Like a monkey in the forest, you jump from tree to tree, never finding the fruit. From life to life, never finding peace. If you are filled with desire, your sorrows swell like the grass after the rain. But if you subdue desire, your sorrows fall from you like drops of water from a lotus flower. This is good counsel, and it is for everyone. As the grass is cleared for the fresh root, cut down desire, lest death after death crush you, as a river crushes the helpless reeds. For if the roots hold firm, a felled tree grows up again. If desires are not uprooted, sorrows grow again in you. Thirty-six streams are rushing toward you, desire and pleasure and lust, Play in your imagination with them, and they will sweep you away. Powerful streams, they flow everywhere. Strong vine, if you see it spring up, take care. Pull it out by the roots. Pleasures flow everywhere. You float upon them and are carried from life to life. Like a hunted hare you run, the pursuer of desire pursued, harried, from life to life. O oh, seeker, give up desire. Shake off your chains. You have come out of the hollow into the clearing. The clearing is empty. Why do you rush back into the hollow? Desire is a hollow, and people say, Look, he was free, but now he gives up his freedom. It is not iron that imprisons you, nor rope, nor wood, but the pleasure you take in gold and jewels and sons and wives. Soft fetters, yet they hold you down. Can you snap them? There are those who can, who surrender the world, forsake desire, and follow the way. O oh, slave of desire, float upon the stream. Little spider, stick to your web or else abandon your sorrows for the way. Abandon yesterday and tomorrow and today. Cross over to the farther shore beyond life and death. Do your thoughts trouble you? Does passion disturb you? 
Beware of thirstiness, lest your wishes become desires, and desire binds you. Quieten your mind. Reflect. Watch. Nothing binds you. You are free. You are strong. You have come to the end, free from passion and desire. You have stripped the thorns from the stem. This is your last body. You are wise. You are free from desire, and you understand words, and the stitching together of words, and you want nothing. Victory is mine, knowledge is mine, and all purity, all surrender. I want nothing. I am free. I found my way. Whom shall I call teacher? The gift of truth is beyond giving, the taste beyond sweetness, the joy beyond joy. The end of desire is the end of sorrow. The fool is his own enemy. Seeking wealth, he destroys himself. Seek rather the other shore. Weeds choke the field. Passion poisons the nature of man, and hatred, illusion, and desire. Honor the man who is without passion, hatred, illusion, and desire. What you give to him will be given back to you, and more. The Seeker Master your senses, what you taste and smell, what you see, what you hear. In all things be a master of what you do and say and think. Be free. You are a seeker. Delight in the mastery of your hands and your feet, of your words and your thoughts. Delight in meditation and in solitude. Compose yourself. Be happy. You are a seeker. Hold your tongue. Do not exalt yourself, but lighten the way, for your words are sweet. Follow the truth of the way. Reflect upon it. Make it your own. Live it. It will always sustain you. Do not turn away what is given you, nor reach out for what is given to others, lest you disturb your quietness. Give thanks for what has been given you, however little. Be pure. Never falter. You have no name and no form. Why miss what you do not have? A seeker is not sorry. Love and joyfully follow the way the quiet way to the happy country. Seeker, empty the boat, lighten the load, passion and desire and hatred, and sail swiftly. There are five at the door to turn away, and five more, and there are five to welcome in, and when five have been left stranded on the shore, the seeker is called Ogatinati. He who has crossed over. Seeker, do not be reckless. Meditate constantly, or you will swallow fire and cry out, No more. If you are not wise, how can you steady the mind? If you cannot quieten yourself, what will you ever learn? How will you become free? 
with a quiet mind, come into that empty house, your heart, and feel the joy of the way beyond the world. Look within, the rising and the falling. What happiness! How sweet to be free! It is the beginning of life, of mastery and patience, of good friends along the way, of a pure and active life. So, live in love. Do your work. Make an end of your sorrows. Or see how the jasmine releases and lets fall its withered flowers. Let fall willfulness and hatred. Are you quiet? Quieten your body. Quieten your mind. You want nothing. Your words are still. You are still. By your own efforts, waken yourself. Watch yourself. And live joyfully. You are the master. You are the refuge. As a merchant breaks in a fine horse, master yourself. How gladly you follow the words of the awakened, how quietly, how surely you approach the happy country, the heart of stillness. However young, a seeker who sets out upon the way shines bright over the world. Like the moon, come out from behind the clouds, shine. The True Master Wanting nothing with all your heart, stop the stream. When the world dissolves, everything becomes clear. Go beyond this way or that way to the farther shore where the world dissolves and everything becomes clear. Beyond this shore and the farther shore, beyond the beyond where there is no beginning, no end, without fear, Go, meditate, live purely, be quiet, do your work with mastery. By day the sun shines and the warrior in his armor shines. By night the moon shines and the master shines in meditation. But day and night the man who is awake shines in the radiance of the spirit. A master gives up mischief. He is serene. He leaves everything behind him. He does not take offense and he does not give it. He never returns evil for evil. Alas, for the man who raises his hand against another, and even more for him who returns the blow. Resist the pleasures of life and the desire to hurt till sorrows vanish. Never offend by what you think or say, or do. Honor the man who is awake and shows you the way. Honor the fire of his sacrifice. Matted hair, or family, or caste, do not make a master, but the truth and goodness with which he is blessed. Your hair is tangled and you sit on a deerskin. What folly, when inside you are ragged with lust. The master's clothes are in tatters. His veins stand out. He is wasting away. Alone in the forest, he sits and meditates. A man 
is not born to mastery. A master is never proud. He does not talk down to others. Owning nothing, he misses nothing. He is not afraid. He does not tremble. Nothing binds him. He is infinitely free. So cut through the strap and the thong and the rope. Loosen the fastenings. Unbolt the doors of sleep and awake. The master endures insults and ill-treatment without reacting, for his spirit is an army. He is never angry. He keeps his promises. He never strays. He is determined. This body is my last, he says. Like water on the leaf of a lotus flower, or a mustard seed on the point of a needle, he does not cling, for he has reached the end of sorrow, and has laid down his burden. He looks deeply into things and sees their nature. He discriminates and reaches the end of the way. He does not linger with those who have a home nor with those who stray. Wanting nothing, he travels on alone. He hurts nothing. He never kills. He moves with love among the unloving with peace and detachment among the hungry and querulous. Like a mustard seed from the point of a needle, hatred has fallen from him, and lust, hypocrisy, and pride. He offends no one, yet he speaks the truth. His words are clear, but never harsh. Whatever is not his, he refuses, good or bad, great or small. He wants nothing from this world and nothing from the next. He is free. Desiring nothing, doubting nothing beyond judgment and sorrow and the pleasure of the senses, he has moved beyond time. He is pure and free. How clear he is. He is the moon. He is serene. He shines. For he has traveled life after life the muddy and treacherous road of illusion. He does not tremble or grasp or hesitate. He has found peace. Calmly he lets go of life, of home, and pleasure, and desire. Nothing of men can hold him. Nothing of the gods can hold him. Nothing in all creation and hold him. Desire has left him, never to return. Sorrow has left him, never to return. He is calm. In him the seed of renewing life has been consumed. He has conquered all the inner worlds. With dispassionate eye he sees everywhere the falling and the uprising. And with great gladness he knows that he has finished he has woken from his sleep, and the way he has taken is hidden from men, even from spirits and gods, by virtue of his purity. In him there is no yesterday, no tomorrow, no today. Possessing nothing, wanting nothing, he is full of power. Fearless, wise, exalted, he has vanquished all things. He sees by virtue of his purity. 
He has come to the end of the way, over the river of his many lives, his many deaths, beyond the sorrow of hell, beyond the great joy of heaven, by virtue of his purity. He has come to the end of the way. All that he had to do, he has done. And now, he is one. An Afterword, written and read by Jacob Needleman. Buddhism was born in India. In its beginnings it conceived of itself, not as a new religion, but as a reconstitution of what is essential in the vastness of the Hindu tradition. Taken as a whole, the Hindu religion can be likened to an Olympian armed campaign with great generals dispersed abroad, their huge armies and infinitely variegated weaponry converging upon the enemy, the ego, under some divinely conceived master strategy. Compared to this, Buddhism appears upon the Indian scene as a direct hand-to-hand -hand attack with no holds barred, striking instantly and mercilessly at the enemy's weakest point. By and large, Buddhism has retained this quality of one-pointed practicality even amid the later flowering of a metaphysics and mythology which, in all of its aspects, rivals the entirety of Hinduism. Put succinctly, the Buddha, who is understood to have lived and taught in the 6th century B.C., taught that the principal cause of all human suffering and desolation is the deeply ingrained belief that there is such a thing as a self or ego that persists through time and change. Everything else in Buddhism, its art, philosophy, rituals, and techniques, originated as tools for the destruction of man's illusion that he is a self. This doctrine of no self, or non-Atman, is, as it is said, the diamond which cuts through all errors and confusions of humanity. According to this teaching, everything in human nature is in flux, and a man is nothing but a serial bundle of sensations, thoughts, and feelings, one proceeding from another with nothing to hold them together either in life or death. And not only man, but all things in the universe are without self, without a fixed nature that abides from moment to moment. In the endless and rigorously determined chain of cause and effect that constitutes the universe, we human beings fail by fixing our interest or desire upon one or another phenomenal aggregate, either within ourself or external to ourself. Therein is the root of all our sorrow. What can liberate us is the deep and thorough understanding of all things, including the personality, as causally determined processes of becoming. Consciousness, meaning the totality of thought, feeling, perception, sensation, pleasure and pain, is not a being, but a passion, not an activity, but only a sequence of reactions in which we, who have no power to be 
either as or when we will, are fatally involved. Individuality is motivated by and perpetuated by wanting, and the cause of all wanting is ignorance. For we ignore that the objects of our desire can never be possessed in any real sense of the word, ignore that even when we have got what we want, we still want to keep it and are still in the state of desire. The ignorance meant is of things as they really are and the consequent attribution of substantiality to what is merely phenomenal, the seeing of self in what is not self. At first glance, this doctrine of no self seems in direct opposition to the Hindu view. But if there is any general view with which the Buddhist doctrine conflicts, it is surely our own Western worldview, as embodied not only in the popular understanding of Judeo-Christian doctrine, but in the goals our whole civilization has set for itself. The religions of the West have imbued us with the idea of an individual eternal soul created by God, also in His way an individual, infinitely precious and irreducibly real. As our modern society drew away from religious doctrine, it substituted for the soul the idea of individual personality, not immortal perhaps, but for that very reason, all the more our own and precious. The establishment of our identity, our role, has been the banner cry not only of scientific psychology, but of all the major intellectual movements of modern times, including existentialism and humanism. We measure a person's strength by what we take to be the distinctness and vividness of his individuality, and we all seek to make our mark, either as artists, scientists, or business people. To the Buddhist, all this striving is the pursuit of a phantom. The identity we seek to establish is nothing more than a thought, a picture in the mind of what we are or can be. It is in no wise based on fact. Our sense of persistence and sameness through change is a trick played upon us by the automatic functions of memory and buttressed by the fact that we are given a name and treated by others as though we were a self. Indeed, our whole society is but a vast collection of sleepwalkers, each addressing the other and conceiving of himself within his own dream of selfhood. All our ideas of morality and obligation, blame and praise, are based on this dream and serve only to strengthen the illusion of its reality. Putting the Buddhist doctrine of no-self in the above way, its congruence with Hindu thought becomes clearer. We might say that for the Hindu or Brahmanic religion, Human ignorance is the ignorance of who we are, of our ultimate divinity. Wherefore, Buddhism, it is ignorance of what we are not. We are not this ego. It is, in fact, the cardinal trait of Buddhism that its teachings are in negative terms. Break down the illusion 
the error, and the truth will appear by itself, for it is always there. It is only obscured and hidden by our ignorant beliefs about ourselves and the desires attached thereto. Of all the great religious teachers of the world, none has incarnated and lived the idea that ultimate reality is beyond the grasp of the ordinary mind with more purity and concentration than the Buddha. This in part explains why the Buddha's discourses say nothing about the existence of a supreme being, for example, or about immortality. Such questions tend not to edification, since they are put by the deluded mind which is quite content to speculate endlessly about these matters while clinging to the very beliefs which perpetuate its suffering. Its strategy of negation has misled many Westerners into thinking Buddhism is pessimistic and anti-life. Some have even thought of nirvana, the ultimate goal of Buddhist discipline, as a sort of spiritual suicide. Nothing could be further from the truth, and in fact there is no religion which has a higher estimation of human possibility. It is only that it is not spoken of directly and positively. The exalted level of nirvana can be seen indirectly by attending to everything which the Buddhists say it is not. It is not love, consciousness, peace, freedom, happiness, or immortality in any sense that we understand. We are given no words for it because we have no experience of it. And in the absence of a corresponding experience, names merely purchase further illusions. The Gospels, we may recall, also speak of the peace that passeth understanding. We come to the conclusion that just as the great mystics and saints of our own traditions could describe the supreme reality only by negation and analogy, so the Buddhist tells us of nirvana. Since, however, nirvana also designates the whole of reality, then we see why Buddhism also refuses to admit that our ordinary thinking and language can accurately be applied to anything that is real. Thus, reality is also named the void or emptiness. A final note, especially important when we come to inquire if a genuine Buddhist way can take root on our own soil. Buddhist moral rules are never ends in themselves. It is essential to realize that ethical commandments in the Dhammapada are understood as necessary preliminaries to any greater spiritual development. What is especially valuable about the Dhammapada is that it shows us there is no real separation between true human morality and the process of inner development. The admonitions and insights in this great text resonate on all levels of our search for our authentic humanity. At one stroke, they bring inspiration to our halting everyday efforts to care for our neighbor and guidance in our efforts to look into ourselves 
or the radiant energy that is traditionally termed the Buddha nature. The Dhammapada presents itself as the actual sayings of Gautama Buddha and was originally compiled for the growing community of Buddhist monks. It was apparently in existence by the time of the Emperor Ashoka in 250 B.C., and quickly became popular with all schools of Buddhist thought and practice. It is now, no doubt, time for it to speak more universally to the whole of our morally and spiritually hungry modern world. <laughs> 